Now, starting it off, we're going to go right into Shangun will make Jalen into a star. What you think about that, Frank? Uh, yeah, we have that new video. It was the same title as Space just said, and um, it's definitely something that I saw, uh, you know, watching a lot of film as I make uh, films for our other videos. You start to pick up little things that you see with the different traits that players bring. And it really started off as me looking at um, how Jalen was learning to handle the ball. And I started noticing in some of the games, especially uh, in late January towards uh, February and into on to the end of the year that uh, he played him and Kev, Kevin Porter Jr. played differently when Shangun was in the game compared to when Christian Wood was in the game. And this is uh, no knock on wood, pun intended, uh, but the dude was not a center. And I think the Rockets really forced that on the team at, you know, at whatever cost um, to play him at the five, um, trying to force him as a five out big. But at the end of the day, he was really just a wing in disguise. And it really, to me, in my personal opinion, I think it, it kind of hurt um, some of the development we could have saw with our young guards if they, in fact, were the priority. I think we wasted a couple of months um, with that. And, you know, the thing I would say is that not saying you can because uh, you want to trade Christian Wood, cool, play him. But um, you could have you could have your cake and eat it too. you know, give them more time playing with Shangun or even another center that would actually set those screens for them and, you know, be able to play like a true center that's not worried about getting a shot. And if you guys watch the video, you'll see that a lot of times Christian Wood was when he set screens, he would just pop out and just open his arms up. So like Jalen, just give me the ball. Like, I don't care what you're about to do. I don't, I don't care what the pick and roll read says. I don't care what they're doing on defense. Give me the ball. And there's a lot of times you can see our guards just like reluctantly throwing the ball and they just stand there and just watch because they was like, okay, this plays over. So yeah, it, it, it was night and day and we can get into some of the numbers, uh, but I, I'm kind of curious to see what you thought. I, I think you spot on with that one. Um, it was just so frustrating. Even when I was doing uh, the KPJ uh, breakdown that I did, Wood just stood out. When KPJ was doing the pick and rolls and trying to uh, maneuver through the traffic, he had to almost uh, navigate around Wood at the same time because Wood just wouldn't stay long enough to pick his man off to get him off of the ball handler. And it was just so frustrating. And I was, and I'll, and I'll run it back and I'll be like, man, what is Wood doing? Like, it's like a phantom. He did a more phantom screening than anybody I ever seen in, in, in basketball. It was like he just didn't want the physicality of actually getting in between him and the, and the, and the, and the defender to keep, keep him off of uh, the ball handler. And it was just so frustrating, man. And I think you you spot on when you said that the guards played played totally different when Shangun was on the court with them because they knew Shangun was a willing passer to begin begin with. So they moved and and, and navigated and tried to get open for Shangun. And they knew Shangun was going to be where he's supposed to be at, and he was going to do the job that he was supposed to be doing, and not whiffing on every on every um screen and i think that was right on the money when you when that when that video came out i couldn't agree more yeah and you know what's interesting is that 
I used to think that Jalen's progression was just due to just pure development and growth, but I'm starting to think that a lot of it was the fact that he actually had a five that was willing to concede to him and Kevin Porter because they both both popped off at the same time. And it just if it was one thing, if it was just Jalen and Kevin Porter was consistently just great throughout the year. But we all noticed, and I'll be honest, I noticed Kevin Porter was not playing as good this season as he, he even as he was the last season towards the end at the start of the season because his points went down, everything went down, and you expect more because you know he's a more talented guy, and it just makes sense to me. Of course, I believe that Jalen and KPJ both um, progressed. They got better as the season went on. That's just natural, but you don't go from shooting damn near like 32% from three to 40% from three just over two weeks over the all-star break. I mean, unless there's some magic potion out there that they or they found a spot, they eating that turkey leg hut. I don't know what, what's out there that got them doing that, but it, it's just, to me, it's just, it's, it's really there. And, you know, I'm looking at on NBA.com. So I go through the, um, I'm looking at the hustle stats. And one of the stats that I can clearly tie this to a screen assist and um, this is a stat that um, Zach Lowe on his pod, he is real big on screen assist. Um, he always used it to show Go, uh, Rudy Gobert's impact on the Utah Jazz when he was there because you, you Rudy would um, lead the NBA in screen assist pretty much every season. Um, and as long as playing great defense, but those screens are so important because obviously he's a lob threat. But Shane Goon led the Houston Rockets in screen assist for the entire season despite – playing almost 600 less minutes than Christian Wood. You know what I mean? And uh, being able to uh, set about 159 uh, uh, screen assists, and a screen assist is basically a screen that leads to a bucket. And in total, off of his screens, the Rockets scored 390 points. And uh, compared to Christian Wood's 309, so almost 90 points more in 600 less minutes because he was playing like a true five and uh, third on the team. There is uh, Kenya Martin jr. Um, you know, in those things. So it's, I mean, Shangun is a gifted screener, man. Like if you watch him, this dude, like he, he screens, not only is he physical, he's wide and he's also just smart and knows how to use his IQ to be able to not only screen on ball when they're running pick and roll or running step up screens, but also screen off ball to get shooters on the weak side open while the main action is going on with the ball handler. So that means Garrison Matthews running off a, off a screen of Shangun, Eric Gordon running off a screen. Now imagine Jabari, when you get Jabari on that weak side action, him, him and Shangun on the backside where you could even play maybe two, um, have two non-shooters on the court. Um, maybe a big, a true big, um, like Bruno or or um, or Garuba you know, on one side. And I know it works because I've seen the Warriors do it for years with Draymond and Looney on the court at the same time. It's all about screening. And I just want to emphasize to the fan base how important great screening is for teams with athletic players and great shooters. Yeah, I think it's um, spot on that people really overlook the importance of screening and having a good screener on the court opposed to a bad screener on the court that just don't give effort. When you see a good screener actually make a good screen, the extra space 
that the uh ball handler can do with uh he can either shoot it pass it or dribble it all the way to the front of the rim because usually the big is in drop coverage so if you get the guy that's telling around the ball handler the the, the big is 10 15 feet away from you that's when you can start to use your floater game that's when you can start to use your mid-range game because you got the defender in basically in retreat mode trying to catch up to you and christian wood didn't do us no favors at all with his screening and i wonder why silas you know didn't bring that to his attention or did he and that's part of the reason why he got traded you know i think i think christian wood could have fit this team I think Christian Wood could have fit our timeline. It's not like he was 30. You know, he was only 25, 26, 27. What? He was like 26, right? 27. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he was already past his prime. You know what I'm saying? If he was an actual team player, I think he would have found a a niche in in this group of guys that we have presently. But I think he was just so enamored with becoming an all star that all he thought about was his usage rate in his points per game rather than all the other aspects of his game that makes people all-stars in the long run. Cause it's not just about the points you, you score. It's about how you affect the team in the end. And he really didn't do us no justice with the lazy lackadaisical way he went about doing his job. And, and it looked, and it, it was a clear night and day when you seen Shangun come in cause he had something to prove. He wanted to be the guy, you know, starting or whatever, showed that, hey, I can play in the NBA. And he did whatever he had to to get this team going in the right direction. I think Wood just – he just hampered that. Let me let me run some stats by you just, just to emphasize the point of – because screening, they have – the NBA correctly puts it in the hustle stats category. And the fact that Shangun was able to out-screen – assist Christian Wood, somebody that was a starting center for, for damn near the whole season. Um, I mean, that that tells me a lot. And also I'm looking at other hustle stats, deflections. Shangun 121 to Christian Wood's uh, 84. So that's not tells me he doesn't have active hands. Loose balls recovered. Shangun 25, Christian Wood 15. Remember, Christian Wood played almost the equivalent of like over – 15 more minutes of games like if he played 48 minutes 15 times that's more the more opportunities he had than Shangun uh, to play and get these stats up um looking at um you know things like charges drawn Christian Wood had zero charges drawn for the entire 2021-2022 NBA season as a, the only starter not to have one charge I mean even even some of the guys that barely play got one charge drawn. You know what I mean? And and he had zero. Shangun had 11 as a backup. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's just things like that that I think the team um, is really – I always think that the what we people think about the end of the season is a throwaway thing. Oh, there's just, you know, bad teams just doing good. I really think there was something there. And the addition of Jabari – um, to the squad, and he's going to be the leader in a lot of these categories that I'm going through. Jabari's probably going to lead the team in deflections. He's probably going to lead the team in loose balls recovery. He's probably going to lead the team in in charges drawn. 
So you're adding another one of these IQ guys. And as we were talking about screening earlier um, with the with the Warriors, those those types of plays, man, those are what win you championships. And for the Rockets, um, I think that's something that I'm I'm very excited to see because not saying Christian Wu is a bad player, very talented guy. I actually think his game is something that's unique and um, that the NBA and on a good team like Dallas, he may have a great season coming up because he doesn't have to be your leader and all those things I just named. But for the Houston Rockets to build that culture, we need having guys that are able to do some of those dirty work that let Jalen be Jalen, let KPJ be KPJ, let whoever uh, the guys playing their roles. I think it's very important. Yeah. And one more note, I think, uh, I think that uh, new Orleans game when Valanciunas just took wood to the wood <laughs> shop, I think that that game actually opened Stone and Silas's and everybody's eyes to where it's just like, man, we just can't have this type of effort on this young type of squad to where it's cancerous. I I was looking at that game and once Wood just folded, it looked like everybody was just like, we don't have no chance because Valanchunas is just eating his lunch. And then he did a set set shot. Didn't even Got jump. Flat footed. Come on, flat footed jump shot. And then he did, <laughs> it just went right over Woodhead, and he was just looking like that, that like, was crazy. Like that, look that at the, was just pitiful, bro. Look, look at the reaction from the New Orleans bench when that happened. They just looked like <laughs> like what? Like what? I'm sure everybody was shocked. Like, bro, you're not even gonna like throw a hand up. But you know, another um, another center that really dominated Wood was Jakob Pertl. Uh, for the San Antonio Spurs and the San Antonio Spurs, as we know, uh, are our rivals um, here in Houston. And if you want to watch opening night, which is only two weeks away, is, isn't that crazy, man? Opening night for the pre NBA preseason is two weeks away and the Rockets are going to face the San Antonio Spurs right now. If you go on Ticket Network, they have seats in the 100 sections as low as thirty dollars. That's right. Thirty dollars. If you go to Ticket Network, they're having a sale. You go on there and you put the code TNTIX25. That promo code is TNTIX25. If you spend $150 or more on a ticket, you'll get $25 off. So that's exclusively right here. You're going to see it in the description of this video. Or if you're listening to one of our podcasts, you'll see it on this podcast. Put in the code TNTIX25. Get $25 off a $150 uh, ticket purchase. So right now you could probably get about five of your buddies, $30 a piece and go watch uh, Jalen Green uh, dunk on Pirtle again. So, yeah, you guys go ahead and uh, hit the link in the description. And that's Ticket Network. Makes me want to go get me a couple tickets, honestly. Man. I'm I'm going to be there with you, man. If they don't do it, I will. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm jumping on it. I was looking at them tickets, but yeah. Yeah. Getting back to Wood and those numbers, the he don't set hard screens. Let's let's take it from the top. He don't set hard screens. He haven't drawn a charge all season. Just looks Zero. like this guy does not like physicality. That's the bottom line. And when you're a center, even in this day and age, you're gonna have to embrace being physical. And that's the thing. He wasn't he's up not to a, it. He's not a he's not a center. That's that's he wasn't that's up the to thing. It. He's so, not a center. Yep. Yo, so looking at you bringing in a guy that likes physicality and Shangoon, how would this affect Jalen personally? 
I think for Shangun and Jalen, what we didn't get to see, what we were robbed of, and I, I stand on that, is that we didn't get to see them develop that one-two um, combination relationship. You've seen flashes of it um, in some of the games they had. I think uh, one of the games, the last game where Jalen scored 41 points, um, we have the video for it um, on our channel. You can go watch it. Uh, we'll even put it in the description of this video. Go watch that video and see how Jalen got his points. I would say half of those points were off of Shangun screens or actions or plays that he made, whether on ball or off ball. So it's, it is, um, you know, I know like we've talked about Shangun a lot. You know, we're going to keep talking about Shangun because he's such a talented player. Um, but I think that what he brings to this team, aside from his deficiencies on the defensive side, there is so much that you can do with him uh, for our guys. The IQ, the ability to pass, the ability to set screens the ability to navigate the offense and be that quarterback, the equivalent of, of you know, like a middle linebacker on an NFL team that is telling everybody where to be. You go here, you do that. He does all that for us. And I think he's going to be the guy that makes Jalen's life easier. You need those guys that are going to do the dirty work, that are going to knock guys out when they set a screen on them. We need those moving screens. And Shangun is a low-key moving screen master right now. And I'm proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> He'll kill with the Warriors, man. Oh, man. You put him with Steph. Steph might go uh, another back-to-back MVP. Like, that man, he is a master screener. I'm talking about hooking people. He be, like, acting like he walking away and drag your arm with. Like, I love it. I need it. I need it on my team. Like, we mad at it when the Warriors did it, but I'm sure Warriors fans love it. We need that. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just – he plays the game in between his head first. That's that's where Shangun excels over a Christian Wood. Besides the physicality, he thinks things through. He sees things coming through the next door before it even starts to come. And I think by him doing that, he he will eventually grow a rapport with everybody on the on the start, at least in the starting lineup. I think he will eventually figure out where to get Jalen his shots, where to get uh, Jabari his shots, KPJ as well. If he's setting uh, the high screen and he got the ball or whatever, I think he will figure out where to set everybody up just because he's so cerebral. I think he might be the most cerebral guy on on this squad. Truthfully, I can't think of another guy that I see and I'll be like, oh, he thought that one through to where he he made this 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 pump fake, you know, with the intention of getting these guys to move bodies to slip it in through this little crease. You know, I didn't see that so much from Shangun. And I think that alone will elevate the offense to another level that we haven't seen. And I think Jalen Green would be a big beneficial part of that because after Shangun does this a couple of times, the defense is just going to always look in Shangun's way direction, give Shangun the ball and every head on the court will look at Shangun and that's going to cause slip screens, backdoor cuts, all kinds of things that can open up just from Shangun having that cerebral processing in his head to where I can get everybody open, you know, strategically and I'm I'm all for it. I'm re- I'm ready to see it. Yes, sir. And I can't wait, man. I can't so, wait. Expounding upon that, if we do exactly see that, 
can we see the Rockets eventually become one of the youngest playoff teams, you know, like the 2009-2010 Thunder or, you know, 2005-06 Bulls or maybe even this Grizzlies team from last year? What, what do you think about that, Frank? I mean, like prepping for this podcast, we were going over some of the um, stats for the – and I, I love just watching that video. If you guys haven't watched the video that Space made – um, it's on the page. You can go watch it. The link is going to be in the description of this um, this pod. Um, the OKC comparison is very eerie. I mean, not saying it's a one for one, but there are a lot of similarities um, between the teams. Um, I think we might be a player away from getting it all the way through. But, you know, I start off looking at, you know, when they drafted uh, Kevin Durant in the uh, I think that was in the 08 season. Uh, let me go back. That was, yeah, he was drafted in the 08 season. So that's your first star, right? And that's your first player that you get. Then the next season, they went and got Russ in 09, second star. Then the third season, they went and got uh, James Harden and Serge Ibaka. Now, I wouldn't consider James Harden at that point a player that they figured would be a star, but um, or Serge Ibaka. You know, those are two what I call good role players at that point point in time so essentially you got a team with two stars a high level role player that came off the bench and a bunch of good defensive pieces and I think that is a great kind of to me a good blueprint for um, building a team that has uh, what you guys think are two stars and I think one of the conversations me and you were having about uh, about Jalen and his progression and you know what he needs to do is like can he play that role where him and KPJ can play together and Jalen doesn't can still get his, like be like we talk about the leading score in the league. And I brought up the uh, um, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook comparison because you had a high usage guard in Russell Westbrook, KPJ with a efficient score um, like KD Jalen. And they were able to make it work until, you know, the wheels fell off of that um, over the years. But, you know, I think Jalen's game lends to that and, Seeing their team, one thing I would say we lack right now that they have was defensive pieces. I think Tari, maybe that Tabo Cephalosha kind of guy that they had on their squad, that was that's going to be um, one of your three and D guys. Um, you think Ibaka, maybe that uh, Jabari type piece, that's going to be that defensive kind of a forward slash big that you have there. I don't know. Could Gut be James Harden? Uh, could uh, you know who who's our James Harden? You know so. I think they they might be one or two pieces away. And the biggest piece that I think they had was Nick Hollison. There's a reason that Oklahoma retired his number, you know, uh, because he is uh, the ultimate glue guy as a veteran. And I think the Rockets to this day, I love Boban, but we still haven't. I don't think they want to yet, but I think it's important that we get a true, a true veteran that can contribute to winning, but at the same time, be able to be part of that culture setting for the team. And I'm willing to bet, I'm not, I'm not, I'm willing to bet that we have at least one Hall of Famer maybe out of this. I'm not going to go to three Hall of Famers. But, you know, while I'm betting, I want to know if you really the betting. So looking for an excellent site to drop all your prop and line bets on, then you have to check out BetUSA for all the sporting prop bets. And the link is in the description. 
Right now, just for going through the Chop Shop, you will receive up to 125% bonus upon sign up. There's always a, a virtual casinos where you can go and try your luck at blackjack, roulette, whatever, all the slot machines you can handle. And that's once again, that's bet US is where the game begins. My bad. All right. Now, so let's compare the teams. We got point guard, two athletic point guards, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Porter Jr. We have a scoring threat in James Harden and a scoring threat in Jalen Green. We got a 3 and D wing in Tabo Cephalosha, and he's got a 3 and D wing either Tari Eason in the future or Josh Christopher, I want to say. Eric Gordon here presently, so we're going to slide him in the mix, but I don't think he'll be here when we're ready to contend. So at the fourth spot, we have Jabari Smith, and they had KD. Five spot, they had Serge Ibaka. We have Shangun. So if I was to make a switch, I think as far as points per game, I would switch KD's production with Jalen Green. I would take that 30-point season that he had and try to project more of that into Jalen Green his second, third year. Maybe, hopefully. And Shangun is a wild card in the fact that if his defense can just be league average, I think he will be more useful than Serge Ibaka was on that team. We'll another have another guy to set up the plays. We'll have another guy that set hard screens. I think Shangun really is the key, or the center is the key that we haven't figured all the way out yet. And I think maybe point guard we still asking questions about. But I think from the shooting guard to the forward spot, I think those are solid positions right now. And I I'm not counting KPJ out because I want KPJ to, to succeed here. But in KPJ's defense. Out of all of the teams that I went through, half of them had athletic point guards anchoring the point guard position. So it's not that he's an athletic point guard. I think it's more on his decision making with the athleticism that he got that will propel us into that next level of a young playoff type, type team. And with the Rockets and the Thunder, there's some very kind of close similarities that I've seen between them. Um, one of the things we're talking about, obviously, is Kevin Porter Jr. Um, and his position at point guard. If you think about the Thunder, when Russell Westbrook was drafted out of UCLA, that wasn't something that everybody was excited about for him to come play a uh, point guard. There were a lot of questions about that. And, you know, people could talk about Russ and all his inefficiencies. But at the end of the day, he's one of the greatest uh, players to ever play in the NBA, regardless of how you feel about him. And so his game was able to help that team, uh, that young team, make the playoffs and go to the finals. So, um, you know, just looking at the teams, you know, that question of point guard and Jalen's fit as would a, as a scorer with a point guard, I mean, there's just some of those things there. Their team was more defensively defensively geared. And if you look at their ratings, like the team that um, when they drafted KD their first year, so let's say that's the first year they had actually a, a, a high draft pick that was a star. Um, they were the uh, 22nd ranked defense in the NBA that season. Then offensively, they were ranked 29th. The next season, uh, in the 09 season, after they drafted Russ, their defense was 20th. 
So they went up by two spots on the defense. They're still the one of the worst offenses in the league in 29th. And then the season that they took off and won 50 games and uh, took the Lakers six in the Western Conference in the first round, um, they were able to uh, have a defensive rating of ninth. So they made a huge leap. And then 12th offensive rating, uh, being the 11th rated team uh, net rating in the NBA. So something happened between then when they added James Harden and Serge Ibaka to their team. And you see that when in the third year of your star, you know, you have Russ coming in in the second year, something clicked. And these jumps that these teams have, they happen just like that. So I think a lot of people are just sitting there like they have this perfect plan for the Rockets where it's like, yeah, we're going to suck for another three years. Then we'll just get better and better. It doesn't, they, you can't really bank on talent to be on a timeline. Some of these dudes, when they ready, they ready. And so that's why I, I'm like what coach Lucas said, that uh, the team's going to shock a lot of people. This team could come out and win 40 games. And I know it sounds far-fetched, but you can't tell me that you could have told a Thunder fan, hey, y'all going to be facing the Lakers in the playoffs next year when they was winning 23 games. So it's, it's just having the talent. I think um, Jalen is there. I think K Kevin Porter is a lottery-level talent. Um, I think Jabari adds a lot to the team, sort of like that Serge Ibaka piece. Um, I think Tari is going to be a big contributor at some point during this coming season. And I think uh, that I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs exactly this year, but I think the jump they're going to take is not going to be like a 20, 25, 30, 35. I think it's going to be like 20, like last season, maybe 20-some to 30 this coming season. Then all of a sudden, just like the Memphis Grizzlies, we flirting with a second round like, whoa, where did they come from? Yeah, I agree. And the um, thing I want I want to conscious, you know, caution everybody, you know, like we're not saying that they're going to be a playoff team this year coming up like we just kind of projecting when everybody is in the second third you know maybe even fourth year what this team can look like and I would say the thing that I think this team probably have over that team in the thunder is we play in a totally different era of basketball now than what they did they played a lot of inside the paint inside the arc Type basketball. When I'm looking at the the footage, I'm like, it, dang, it's like eight guys in the paint, and and it was hard for for Russ and and all those guys to to really drive and, and get it. That's why Russ took a lot of mid range shots back then because he just couldn't drive to the paint like he did. Even present day, he couldn't. He he just didn't have the the spacing. And I was looking at Kobe. Kobe was playing with. Uh, Andrew Bynum and Paul Gasol at the same time, and they had like basically twin towers on the on the court, and they clogged the paint heavily. The thing that we're not gonna have to worry about is the paint clogging like they did. Like we're trying to maximize our space to the utmost, and I don't think it was really geared, you know, towards that back then to where it made it harder on younger guys to figure out their spots, to figure out, you know, certain maneuvers to get to the goal and get open shots because the paint was just so crowded. And I think we won't have to deal with that. So as long as 
most of our starting guys can shoot a a decent three ball, I think that jump will happen sooner than later. You know, so what do you what do you think about that on that on that aspect? Yeah, I mean, you you I mean, that's exactly right. You're looking I'm going through looking at their some of their splits right now. I mean, they they were taking most of their shots from inside the arc. They only shot about 15 threes a game. I mean, there's play individual players right now that shoot 15 threes a game. We shoot that attempt. a quarter. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Rockets there was throwing up 60 in, in some games with Mike D'Antoni, so totally different era. I mean, they were averaging 98 points per game. I mean, if you had 98 points per game in this NBA, you'd be one of the you know, they were a pretty bad offense then. So, yeah, totally different era. I think there's more variance in how teams can score. Really, the equalizer for success for teams all over the long run, it's not even offense because even the worst teams will put up 130 on you. It's defense. And I think that's really what it's going to come down to. And that's one thing the Thunder team had was they had pretty athletic defenders uh, pretty up and down the roster. Um, you know, they might not have had the highest IQ, but they were fast. They almost always were top five in pace. That's why, you know, the Rockets need to use their athleticism and youth to their advantage and play defense. There should be no reason any of our players should be lazy on defense. And I think this season coming up, that'll determine for guys like, you know, KPJ, some of the stuff he did where he'd be dragging or lagging behind or kind of taking off plays. Like, I don't want to see that because that'll tell me all I need to know about whether he fits on the team. All these teams that you've named, whether it's Memphis, um, in the video that you made, whether it's uh, Oklahoma City, Chicago, um, even Portland to a lesser extent, they play defense. Like they were, they might have had one or two bad defenders, but collectively as a team, they play defense and they were ranked high. That's what pushes teams over is how far can you make the jump in a defensive rating? That'll determine your success as a team and whether you can make it to the playoffs or not. Yeah. And on this present squad, I really, I really don't have too many questions about defensive want to with this. I think we got a lot of gritty guys now since we, you know, removed some of the bad juju and some of the bad ill-spirited guys from the from the locker room. Because if you go down to it, only really KPJ, I mean, not KPJ, Shangoon and Garrison Matthews, hopefully he's not playing that much to even have a, you know, consider him as a bad defender. Hopefully he don't even log that many minutes to, to say he's affecting the game poorly defensively. But even when he is in the game, he do draw charges. I think he probably led our team in charges. So if you look at it, KPJ, we seen he had a willing a willingness to defend. We seen Jalen towards the end. He always tried on defense. Maybe he can get lost off ball sometimes and lose his man. But when he was in front of his man, he he stayed in front of his man. Uh, Tate, he's a good defender. KJ Martin, he's a decent defender. Boban, just put him in there, stick his hands up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not even to mention Jabari and Tari. Those guys are that's their calling court is the uh, defensive side of the ball. So we should not have another bottom. At least I, I want to at least see us get up to at least 20, 25, 22, 20, top 20 defense. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see us 28, 29, 30. There's no, it's really no call for that when you got this many dogs on, on the court. 
Right. And I think that'll determine the success. It's how fast can they make a click on defense? The offense is there. We can score up and down with anybody. We've went toe-to-toe with a lot of great teams and put buckets on them. It's just that we can't get stops. So the quicker they can put it together on, on defense, and that is really hard to say because, like, maybe it clicks for Kevin Porter and Jalen Green that you have a backcourt of two six-six broad-shoulder guys that are super athletic. That's a nightmare. We've seen what Kevin Porter, um, when he guards guys like Steph Curry, he's a problem for them. You know, we've seen Steph give him buckets, but we've seen KPJ make Steph work. You yeah. know, as one when you have those type of athletes on your team that you can guard, because the hardest positions to guard is either those bigs that are really just dominating or the small shifty like guards that you can't just put a body on. And um, I think that having two guys that you could throw on to the John Morant's of the world, to the Steph Curry's, to the Dames, that that's half the battle. So how fast it clicks for our backcourt. We talked about Jatari and Jabari, KJ Tate. These guys are all gritty defenders. I, um, Al P is a high IQ guy that I think he's not the best athlete in the world, but you give me IQ, I know a guy's going to figure it out. He's going to know where to put his body. He's going to know how to take them charges. He's going to know how to funnel guys to the better defenders. So those are the things that I want to see uh, from them uh, this coming season. Just can we put it together on defense? Yeah, I agree. And I'm so excited to get this season started. Would you say, Frank, 14 days, 15 days? Man, we got about two weeks and one day, bro. Yeah. It's, it's right here. It's crazy. We made it, guys. We made it through the the off season of of heat and just just weird just storylines and all that. But we here, man. We about right. to turn up. Yeah, we about to turn up. And like always, thank everybody for joining us. Click the like button, subscribe, push it out there. Thank you for having the patience with us again from the whole hack situation. Hopefully we will will not have that problem once again. Thank you for joining the shop shop. Send us out, Frank. Yeah, man. Appreciate everybody. And whoever that hacker was, bro, we got you, man. We're going to find (laughs) We're going to have to put the, put the YouTube goon squad and shout out to the YouTube partners program. Uh, I mean, they were fast and they really kind of helped us throughout the whole process, keeping, keeping us in the loop with everything. So we really appreciate the help that they provided and getting all our content back. But yeah, man, y'all check us out. Um, Check out the HCX Chop Shop website. Uh, We have some articles that are going to be coming up this week. Um, We have some different things coming up uh, this coming week with uh, we have the NBA odds coming out with uh, with our with our uh, betting website. Uh, We have just different events. Uh, Obviously, the season starting, we'll have some exciting new things. And uh, yeah, we appreciate all y'all and uh, Keep uh, tuning in for that great basketball content.